Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Science Corner with your hosts Tom and Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic to dive into: Variational Diffusion Models 2.0 Understanding. Diffusion model objectives is the ELBO with simple data augmentation. That's right, Tom. In this episode, We'll be exploring the world of diffusion models and how they are optimized using objectives that are different from traditional methods like maximum likelihood. We'll specifically focus on the concept of evidence lower bound, ELBO, and its connection to diffusion model objectives. Absolutely. To guide us through this exploration, we have a paper authored by Diedrich P. Kingma from Google DeepMind and Richie Gao also from Google DeepMind titled Variational Diffusion Models 2.0 Understanding Diffusion Model Objectives is the ELBO with simple data augmentation. In this paper, the authors shed light on how diffusion model objectives actually relate closely to the ELBO. And that's not all. Tom The authors go even further by showing that common diffusion model objectives can be seen as a weighted integral of ELBOs over different noise levels, where the weighting depends on the objective used. They also reveal that under certain conditions of monotonic weighting, the diffusion objective can be equated to the ELBO combined with simple data augmentation. Techniques like Gaussian noise perturbation. Incredible. By uncovering these connections, this research helps us gain a deeper understanding of how diffusion models work and how they can achieve high-quality results in tasks like image generation. The paper even includes experiments where they explore new monotonic weightings and achieve state-of-the-art FID scores on the high-resolution ImageNet benchmark. That's truly impressive. And throughout this episode, We'll break down these complex concepts in an intuitive way so even if you're new to diffusion models or ELBO, you'll be able to follow along and grasp the significance of this research. Absolutely. Jen, we want to make this episode informative and entertaining, ensuring that everyone can learn something new and have a great time doing it. So buckle up, folks. As we take a deep dive into the world of variational diffusion models 2.0 and uncover the fascinating connection between diffusion model objectives and the ELBO with simple data augmentation. Stay tuned as we walk you through the key insights from this paper and explore how they can revolutionize the field of generative models. Get ready for an exciting journey into the world of cutting-edge research in machine learning. That's right, Jen. So grab your favorite beverage. Sit back. Relax. And let's start uncovering the secrets behind variational diffusion models 2.0. Understanding. Diffusion model objectives is the ELBO with simple data augmentation. Let's dive right into it. Upbeat music playing. Welcome back to another electrifying episode of the Shockingly Good Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. 
And today's episode is sponsored by Electric Storm Crystals. That's right. Jen, are you tired of using boring old batteries for your zapping, shocking, and electrifying needs? Oh, absolutely. Regular batteries are just so shockless. Well, fear not my friend because Electric Storm Crystals have got you covered. Their crystals harness the power of crystallized thunderbolts for maximum shock value. Wowza! Now that's what I call an electrically charged invention. Just imagine the possibilities with these electrifying crystals. Need some extra excitement during your dull office meetings? Zap! M with electric storm crystals and watches everyone jumps out of their seats. Or how about those pesky sibling rivalries? Just a sprinkle of these mystical gems on their pillow will give them a shocking wake-up call. They'll never forget. Tom. Winking. Our lawyers also want us to remind you that pranks should always be done responsibly. Anyway. Jen. Giggling. Absolutely Tom. But wait. There's more. With each purchase of electric storm crystals today. You'll receive a free DIY lightning rod kit. That's right folks. Now you can summon bolts from the heavens in your own backyard. Talk about an electric party trick. Jen. Excitedly. So why settle for boring when you can zap yourself into fun-filled madness? Go grab your very own jar of electric storm crystals and experience electricity like never before. The jingle starts playing again. Both. Singing. Electric storm crystals. Shockingly good fun. Zap away boredom, when life needs some rerun. Get yours today, and let the lightning strike. Electric storm crystals, for all your electrifying needs. Day and night. That's all for today folks. Stay tuned for more shocking discussions on the Shockingly Good podcast. See ya next time. And remember, don't be afraid to embrace the electric side of life. Theme music fades out. Theme music fades in. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. We're here today to dive into the fascinating world of visual place recognition with a paper titled Any Lock Towards Universal Visual Place Recognition. That's right. Jen. Visual place recognition is crucial for robot localization. Whether it's autonomous cars, aerial vehicles, or even wearable devices. But the challenge has always been achieving robust performance across a wide range of environments. Absolutely. Many existing approaches perform well in structured environments like urban driving. But they struggle when faced with unstructured environments like underwater or aerial settings. That's where any lock comes in. Exactly. Any lock aims to be a universal solution for visual place recognition. Working seamlessly across diverse environments, temporal changes, and viewpoint variations, without any retraining or fine-tuning. And what makes this paper particularly interesting is that it leverages foundation model features extracted from large-scale pre-trained models instead of relying on VPR-specific training. It's a fresh perspective on the problem. 
Gen. By using foundation models like DINOV2 and extracting per pixel features. Any lock achieves remarkable performance gains over existing approaches. And the authors also explore different aggregation techniques like global average pooling in generalized mean pooling to construct global descriptors that describe sections of an image in eventually an environment. Right. They even dive into constructing vocabularies that capture the distinct semantic properties of globally pooled local features across diverse environments, something that hasn't been fully explored before. It's quite fascinating how they approach this problem from different angles and come up with a universal solution that can be deployed anywhere, anytime, and across any view. Absolutely. This paper opens up new possibilities for future research in visual place recognition and laser. Strong foundation for building even more robust VPR solutions. And to make things even better. The authors have provided an interactive project page and demos for us to explore. We'll make sure to include the link in our show notes. Fantastic. So, if you're ready to dive into the world of any lock and its universal visual place recognition capabilities, then stay tuned for the rest of this episode. We'll break down the paper's key insights, discuss their experiments and analysis, and maybe even sprinkle in some fun facts along the way. So sit back, relax, and get ready to expand your knowledge with another exciting episode of our podcast. Theme music fades out. Upbeat, jazzy music playing. Hey there, folks. Today's episode of the Tom and Jen show is brought to you by our fabulous sponsor. Enchanty Remote. That's right. Tom, are you tired of those boring old TV remotes that just sit there like a wet blanket? Well, get ready to add some enchantment into your TV time with Enchanty Remote. Imagine this. You are sitting on your couch. Feeling like an all-powerful sorcerer or sorceress. With just a flick of your wrist. You command your favorite shows to start. Dot and they obey. That's not all. With Enchanty Remote's magical technology, the channel surfing game has never been this exciting. Wave the wand left. Bam. You're watching fishing enthusiasts catching pillow-sized trout. Twirl it clockwise. Voila. You're transported to a reality show where celebrities compete in synchronized swimming with dolphins. But wait. There's more. The Enchanty remote comes with built-in mood settings. Feeling sappy? Just tap twice and watch romantic comedies galore. In the mood for action-packed explosions? Flick it thrice and buckle up for adrenaline-pumping movies that'll blow your socks off. Jen. Whispering. Plus. Secret mode activated. The screen splits into two halves. Tom. Whispering. Secret mode? They exchange mischievous looks. Jen. Whispering louder. Use secret hand gestures like the unicorn or the kangaroo hop. And unlock hidden channels that only true wizards know about. Tom. Whispering even louder. And don't forget about the charm control feature.
Make objects on screen disappear or turn someone into a talking cauliflower by speaking mystical incantations into the microphone. Jen. Whispering. More excited. And with Enchanty Remotes Limited Edition Crystal Edition. You can harness the power of ancient gemstones while channel surfing. Tom. Whispering even more excitedly. Amethyst for mind-bending dramas. Ruby for sizzling romances. And don't forget the ever-elusive diamond channel. Featuring shows so rare and precious it'll leave you speechless. Jen gasps. Oh no. Tom. We're out of time. But folks. Let's wrap this up by saying that with Enchanty Remote. Television will never be the same again. Get yours today and transform your TV watching experience into a magical extravaganza. Upbeat jazzy music fades out. That's right. Jen. Just head on over to enchanty-remote.com slash podcast and enter our special code PODCASTMAGIC at checkout for an exclusive discount. Until next time, remember, when it comes to TV remotes, why settle for ordinary when you can swipe into extraordinary? Both. Happy watching. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. And today, we have a fascinating topic to dive into, the current state of summarization. That's right. Jen. With the explosive growth of textual information on the internet, summarization systems have become increasingly important. Imagine having to read and process all the information available out there. Exactly. Tom. In this episode, we will explore how summarization works and discuss the current state of the art in abstractive text summarization. We will start by explaining what summarization is and why it is crucial in today's information age. Then we'll delve into the different approaches used in extractive and abstractive summarization. And that's not all. We'll also discuss two significant paradigm shifts that have revolutionized the field, pre-trained encoder-decoder models and large autoregressive language models. These models are trained on vast amounts of data and are capable of generating high-quality summaries. We'll explore some notable examples like BART, T5, GPT-3, and many more. Evaluation is another critical aspect of summarization systems we'll talk about the challenges in evaluating these models accurately and how automatic metrics like Rouge and BART score play a role in determining their effectiveness. Lastly, we'll touch upon limitations and new frontiers in summarization research. From factuality issues to the need for longer document summarization solutions. There's still much to explore in this field. So if you're curious about how cutting-edge technologies summarize complex texts or want to learn more about the current state of summarization systems, stick around for this informative and entertaining episode. Get ready to dive deep into the world of text summarization with us on this exciting episode of our podcast, where we make complex topics intuitive. Let's get started. Upbeat music fades in. 
Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic to dive into, the current state of summarization. That's right. Jen. With the explosive growth of textual information on the internet, summarization systems have become increasingly important. Imagine having to read and process all the information available out there. Exactly. Tom, in this episode, we will explore how summarization works and discuss the current state of the art in abstractive text summarization. We will start by explaining what summarization is and why it is crucial in today's information age. Then we'll delve into the different approaches used in extractive and abstractive summarization. And that's not all. We'll also discuss two significant paradigm shifts that have revolutionized the field, pre-trained encoder-decoder models and large autoregressive language models. These models are trained on vast amounts of data and are capable of generating high-quality summaries. We'll explore some notable examples like BART, T5, GPT-3, and many more. Evaluation is another critical aspect of summarization systems. We'll talk about the challenges in evaluating these models accurately and how automatic metrics like Rouge and BART score play a role in determining their effectiveness. Lastly, we'll touch upon limitations and new frontiers in summarization research. From factuality issues to the need for longer document summarization solutions. There's still much to explore in this field. So if you're curious about how cutting-edge technologies summarize complex texts or want to learn more about the current state of summarization systems, stick around for this informative and entertaining episode. Get ready to dive deep into the world of text summarization with us on this exciting episode of our podcast, where we make complex topics intuitive. Let's get started. Upbeat music fades in. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And here with me is my co-host, Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic to dive into, the current state of summarization. That's right. Tom, summarization plays a crucial role in condensing large amounts of text into shorter, more digestible summaries. It helps us quickly grasp the main points of an article, news piece, or scientific paper. But what's interesting is how the methods of summarization have evolved over time. Absolutely. One strategy that's commonly used is selecting the first few sentences of a text as they often contain the most important information. In fact, It's even used as a baseline summary for news articles and other types of documents. Another approach is to focus on specific sections like the abstract, introduction, and conclusion when summarizing scientific papers. Right. Researchers have found that these sections contain the most salient information. However, there are also more advanced techniques being employed. For example, Some systems use extractive summarizers or retrieval modules to select important segments before passing them to an abstractive summarizer. Exactly. 
These approaches involve using two stage systems where important segments are identified first and then passed on for further summarization. And let's not forget about transformer architectures like LED and LOM-T5 that are designed to handle longer sequences more efficiently. Absolutely. These transformer architectures have made significant strides in handling longer texts without sacrificing performance. They replace traditional attention patterns with more efficient ones to ensure better summarization outcomes. And there have been experiments conducted on summarizing chunks of a text in multiple iterations before producing a final coherent summary. This iterative approach allows for refining the summary gradually for better results. Moving beyond single document summarization, there's also multi-document summarization which involves creating summaries from a collection of documents on a specific topic. This presents challenges in terms of limited context length and understanding the relationships between the documents. Absolutely. Jen. To tackle these challenges, researchers have developed strategies like concatenating all the documents into one large text and using techniques from single document summarization. Hierarchical architectures and graph-based methods have also been utilized to capture inter-document relations effectively. Right. And with the rise of pre-trained encoder-decoder models like BART, T5, and Pegasus, multi-document summarization has received a significant boost in fact. There's a model called Primera that's specifically designed for multi-document summarization in builds upon the foundations laid by Pegasus. It's fascinating how these pre-trained models are revolutionizing the field of summarization. But let's not forget about another exciting area, controllable summarization. This refers to customizing the form and content of a summary based on specific requirements or queries. That's right. Tom, controllable summarization allows us to specify aspects like length, formality, abstractiveness, or even focus on particular entities or keywords. There have been comprehensive systems like CTRL-SUM that utilize keywords and prompts to achieve controllability in summaries. True. And recent studies even explore using instruction-tuned language models like GPT-3 for controlled summarization tasks. These models offer great promise in various summary. Z. Asian tasks and provide more specialized control over the summary output. Absolutely. It's an area that is still being explored but shows incredible potential. Oh, and we shouldn't overlook multimodal summarization either. Definitely. While most research has focused on text summarization, there's also a vast amount of media content like podcasts, movies, and meetings that involve other modalities like images, videos, and audio. These additional modalities can provide crucial information, making multimodal summarization a significant challenge. Exactly. Researchers have shown the importance of including audio, video, and even participants' head orientation and eye gaze in summaries. However, 
Fusing different input modalities remains a challenge. Current approaches mostly use late fusion techniques but there are promising transformer-based models like Perceiver I.O. and Gato that might offer better solutions. Now let's shift gears a bit and talk about the commercialization of summarization systems with the advancements in language models. Many companies are integrating summarization features into their products. For example, Google introduced document summarization in Google Docs and conversation summarization in Google Chat. That's right. Other companies like Microsoft Teams, Discord, Zoom have also ventured into incorporating summarization capabilities into their platforms there. Leveraging fine-tuned language models like GPT-3 to provide insights and summaries for sales. Meetings customer call centers. Centers. And even browsers email clients. Training? Training. Apps. Note-taking apps etc. It's clear that summarization is becoming more accessible to users across various platforms but with these advancements come challenges too. Ensuring the quality of the generated summaries, content generation quality, smoothing generated texts etc. and tackling limited context length issues. Absolutely Tom. And that's where ongoing research comes into play. We need to continuously improve evaluation protocols. Exploration on self-evaluation methods. E. GGEM method from Lou et al. 2022 evaluating with aggregate evaluations based on comparing output pairs. When it comes to longer context issues there are ongoing efforts to automatically segment long texts to manageable input of models. Summarization has come a long way, especially in single document scenarios. But there's still plenty to explore in multi-document summarization and other context limitations. Right. We're excited about the advancements happening in the field and the possibilities they offer. So stay tuned as we keep exploring the world of summarization and bring you the latest updates. That wraps up today's episode on the current state of summarization. We hope you found this discussion informative and insightful. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast for more episodes on cutting-edge topics like this one. Until next time, outro music. Cast intro music. Welcome back to another hilarious episode of Tom and Jen's Wild Ride. Today's episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor. Rainbow Lasso Rodeo Supplies. That's right. Tom, are you tired of dull-colored rodeo gear? Well, get ready. Cowboys and cowgirls because Rainbow Lasso has got your back. Yeehaw. Picture this. You're riding across the prairie going for the gold in a rodeo competition. But wait. Something is missing. That's when your trusty Rainbow Lasso Rodeo Supplies come into play. With our patented Technicolor ropes, you'll lasso anything from wild stallions to sasquatches in style. Yesiri Bob. Our ropes are not just strong. They're vibrant and fabulous. I mean, who needs a regular old brown rope when you can have one that sparkles like a disco ball? And ladies don't worry. 
We have glitter-infused bronco-busting saddles available too. You heard it right. Glitter saddles for an extra touch of bling while you're bronc riding. Talk about turning heads at the county fair. But that's not all folks. For the true fashion-forward cowboy or cowgirl out there, we also offer neon chaps and bedazzled cowboy hats. Say goodbye to those drab old-fashioned cowboy boots. You'll because with every purchase comes a free pair of light-up rainbow boots. Now that's what I call kicking up some serious fun on the range. Jen. Singing. These boots are made for shining. Dot and that's just what they'll do. They both laugh. So whether it's rainbow lassoes or show-stopping accessories like sequin chaps. Rainbow Lasso Rodeo Supplies is ready to make your rodeo dreams come true. Just head over to their website and use our promo code. Wild Ride for 10% off your first order. Don't settle for ordinary rodeo gear when you can have extraordinary. That's right. Blaze a trail of color across that dusty rodeo arena with Rainbow Lasso Rodeo Supplies. Yeehaw! Podcast outro music. Well, folks. That wraps up another hilarious episode. Thanks again to our amazing sponsor, Rainbow Lasso Rodeo Supplies. And remember listeners, stay tuned because next week we're investigating the mysterious case of disappearing horse manies. It's sure to be a wild ride. Until then, keep laughing and we'll catch you on the flip side. Adios amigos. Podcast outro music continues. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a very interesting topic to discuss. Reinforcement learning with reward machines in stochastic games. That's right. Jen. In complex tasks with multiple agents, the reward functions can be non-Markovian. Meaning the rewards depend on the history of events. To solve this problem, Researchers have come up with a fascinating solution using reward machines. Exactly. Reward machines are a type of finite state machine that encode non-Markovian rewards. They provide an automata-based representation that helps agents decompose complex tasks into structured subproblems that can be learned efficiently. And in this paper titled Reinforcement Learning with Reward Machines in Stochastic Games. The authors propose an algorithm called Q-Learning with Reward Machines for Stochastic Games. QRMSG. This algorithm enables agents to learn the best response strategy at Nash equilibrium for each agent. The QRMSG algorithm uses an augmented state space that integrates the state of the stochastic game and the state of reward machines. Each agent learns the Q functions of all agents in the system and updates them based on the best response strategy. That's right. Jen. The authors prove that Q functions learned in QRMSG converge to the Q functions at Nash. Equilibrium under certain conditions. They also compare their approach with baseline methods like Nash Q and MADDPG. Showing that QRMSG effectively learns best response strategies. In this paper, 
They present three case studies where QRMSG successfully learns best response strategies after a certain number of episodes. It's impressive how this approach tackles complex tasks in multi-agent settings. Absolutely. Jen, the combination of reinforcement learning and reward machines opens up new possibilities for solving problems in stochastic games with non-Markovian reward functions. And it's not just about the theoretical framework. The practical applications of this approach are vast. From autonomous vehicles to multi-agent systems in real-world scenarios. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. Remember to check out the paper Reinforcement Learning with Reward Machines in Stochastic Games if you want to dive deeper into this fascinating topic. And don't forget to follow us for more informative and entertaining podcast episodes. Until next time. See you soon. Upbeat music playing. Welcome back. Folks, today's episode is brought to you by Roarchestra. Unleashing Jurassic Jams. The perfect fusion of prehistoric and musical madness. That's right. Tom, are you tired of the same old tunes? Well, say goodbye to your Jurassic journey for a second and imagine this. Dinosaurs playing instruments. I can't even picture it. Jen. But with Roarchestra. You won't just have to imagine it. You'll get front row tickets to the dino concert experience of a lifetime. Picture a T-Rex shredding on an electric guitar with its tiny arms flailing about. Or how about a velociraptor tickling the ivories so fast that even Mozart would be impressed. It's like having rock legends from another era jamming out in your own backyard. But hold on tight because they didn't stop there. They've got pterodactyl backup singers hitting those high notes even Mariah Carey would envy. And let me tell you something. Nothing beats seeing a Brachiosaurus belting out power ballads with its long neck reaching for the stars. Talk about show-stopping performances. Who needs modern bands when we can teleport ourselves back in time and into our entertainment systems at the same time? Jen. Whispering. First, just make sure your speakers are dino-sized too. Otherwise, these jams might shake loose any nearby fossils. Laughter. Tom. Snickering. Absolutely right. Jen. So say goodbye to boring tunes and hello roaring melodies. Go visit roarchestra.com today and book your tickets before they go extinct. Or get eaten by their biggest fans. Music fades out. Voiceover. Fast-paced. Roarchestra, where the past meets sound so good. Even cavemen would dance. Available for a limited run in your local time travel agency. Act now or you'll be left digging for musical fossils. Laughter. We'll be right back with more hilarious banter after this rawsome message from our sponsors. Stay tuned, folks. You won't want to miss the dynamite surprises coming up next. End of commercial. Hello everyone. And welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom, your co-host. 
And I'm Jen. Your other co-host were here today to dive into a fascinating paper titled Applicability of Scaling Laws to Vision Encoding Models. It's all about understanding how our brains process visual information and how we can build models to predict brain activity based on visual stimuli. That's right. Jen. This paper takes us on a deep dive into the world of vision encoding models and tackles complex topics in an intuitive way. The authors, Takuya Matsuyama, Kota Sasaki, and Shinji Nishimoto from Osaka University in Senate in Japan, set out to build a high-performance vision encoding model as part of their participation in the Algonauts Project 2023 Challenge. The challenge provided them with functional MRI, fMRI, data recorded while participants viewed images. Using several vision models with different parameter sizes ranging from 86 million to 4.3 billion, the researchers built predictive models. But here's where it gets really interesting. Absolutely. The authors focused their analysis on two main aspects. First. They investigated how the sample size of the fMRI training set affects prediction accuracy. And second, they explored how the prediction accuracy varies across different visual cortex areas based on the parameter size of the vision models. And what they found was fascinating. As the sample size used during training increased, the prediction accuracy improved according to what's called a scaling law. Similarly, when they increased the parameter size of the vision models, the prediction accuracy also improved according to this same scaling law. It's incredible how these scaling laws seem to apply not just to building large-scale language models but also to building encoding models for brain activity based on visual stimuli. This suggests that increasing both the sample size of the fMRI training set and the parameter size of vision models can lead to more accurate models and a better understanding of visual neuroscience. Absolutely. Tom, it's these kinds of findings that bridge the gap between cognitive neuroscience and artificial intelligence. By understanding how our brains make sense of visual information, we can develop better models that mimic this process, potentially revolutionizing fields like computer vision and image recognition. This paper provides a comprehensive overview of the methods used and the results obtained. The authors extract latent representations from various vision models and build voxel-wise encoding models to predict image-evoked brain activity. And most importantly, They show us how these scaling laws play a crucial role in optimizing prediction accuracy. So if you're fascinated by the intersection of neuroscience, computer science, and artificial intelligence, this is an episode you won't want to miss. Stay tuned as we dive deeper into the methods employed, the intriguing results, and what they mean for the future of visual neuroscience research. Get ready for an enlightening journey into the world of vision encoding models. Tom, welcome back listeners. We have a very special sponsor for today's episode. 
Get ready to ditch those tired old dance shoes because we have the perfect solution for all you aspiring dancers out there. Jen. That's right. Tom. Our sponsor is none other than Android Ballet Soul. The future of footwear for both humans and androids alike. Tom. Imagine dancing on air with these revolutionary ballet souls. And hey, they're not just for ballet anymore. Android Ballet Soul lets you pirouette through life with style and finesse. Jen. Absolutely. Tom. These cutting-edge souls are made from the finest synthetic materials capable of keeping up with even the most complex dance moves. They're designed specifically for humans but can also accommodate our robotic friends who want to get their groove on. Tom. But wait. There's more. Android Ballet Soul comes in an array of flashy colors like neon pink and electric blue. Ensuring you'll be noticed, whether you're on stage or simply rocking your unique fashion. Statement at Starbucks. Jen. That's true. Tom. And let's not forget about practicality here. The soles are stain resistant because accidents happen when dancing like nobody's watching. Or even when people are watching. Spills will slide right off these beauties. Tom. Plus. Android Ballet Soul offers a handy feature called, Auto-Tune-In. It automatically syncs your, movements to popular dance hits from any era, disco or dubstep included. Say goodbye to awkward timing forever. Jen. So folks. If you're looking to tap into your inner dancer or simply float around town feeling fabulous in. Futuristic footwear. Tom and Jen together enthusiastically. Grab yourself a pair of Android Ballet Souls today. Light chimes ring. Voiceover guy. In soothing voice. Android Ballet Soul. Dance like no one is calculating asterisk. Tom and Jen laughing. Jen. I can't believe we just launched automated dance shoes. Tom. Who knew the future of dancing was androids and neon souls? Jen. Thanks for being such a great sponsor. Android Ballet Soul. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in today. Tom. Remember. Folks. Keep dancing like nobody's watching. Especially when you're sporting your Android Ballet Souls. Theme music fades. Thank you.